0: to such an extent that everyone is running away. And we don't quit. For we know no defeat. The agenda. To possess the nations. Welcome to an equipping center of the word and prayer on Pentecost hour. Stay tuned in. It's in my soul.
1: Hallelujah brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. If ever I choose to marry. The Abanisema warrior. The relationship goes sour. I shall not be trapped in it. We are hardly blind. We see what marriage has done to our parents. And to others. And we do not like what we see. Last week we said many people are yearning for living examples of people who live in harmony and radiate marital happiness and optimism. So we ask that how do we, as Christians, respond to their quests? that, how do we, as Christians, respond to their quest? How do we prove to this lady and to the world that God is not a liar? And that marriage is indeed good. And whoever finds a spouse finds a good thing. Who will stand bail for God? Who is his witness? Who will come in defense of the Almighty? Last week we studied that the primary role of the disciples were to witness. Now what you to Were to be witnesses of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. That is why the Holy Spirit power came. That when they receive that power, they will be witnesses of Christ. Defending God and his word by their lifestyle. So one of the legacies of the resurrection of Christ is for us to be witnesses of Christ. The fact that he Died and he rose again. And sorry And Christo." sorry." And then we studied that the witness is someone who has seen an event. A person who has knowledge. Of an event from observation or experience. And above all, someone who has evidence of the matter. So to be a true witness, you must have seen an event. You should be able to know it. And above all, you should be able to prove it. Now, if marriage is good, let us demonstrate it by our marital life. Uh, let us demonstrate it. He said it's not enough to say that God is good. Let people know by your lifestyle that marriage and God So we will look at today's discussion. But let me start by saying this. That the possessing the nation's agenda enjoins us to teach our members and to assess their growth and productivity regularly. Now we are not going to measure uh, our church's strength just by statistics that we have so many members, but we need to look at their growth. We need to look at their growth in terms of their productivity. So our interest in the church is not how many people are married. Show me your hands. But let us look at the kind of radiation that comes from the marital line. Now our members are apprentices and we need to examine our members' spiritual life, their moral development as we observe closely how they are responding to the teachings that we are giving them every day and night. Now we are discussing family as an endangered institution. now we are discussing family as an endangered institution in respect to the possessing the nation's agenda. We are saying that if you want to take the nations, then let us concentrate on the family. Let me make this statement to begin our discussion. It is an understandable fact that marriage was instituted Before the outset of Christianity. I hope it is an understandable fact. And I want every Christian to pay attention to this. That marriage is not a Christian ordinance per se. So marriage in and of itself. Is not a Christian ordinance. Not something that was ordained at the outset of Christianity. And they When we are talking about Christianity, then we are talking about Christ and his followers. Not for. but before Christ. Abraham married. Abraham Moses married. So we are saying that. Marriage is not a Christian ordinance in and of itself. Now marriage was ordained for humanity. Genesis 2 from 18. Uh, Genesis 2 from 18. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rape he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, This this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. I wonder how he knew. Maybe Adam was a prophet. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. So when God created Eve, she gave her to the man as the wife. Not a sister. A wife. Straight away. Straight away. That was the beginning of this institution. By this time, even the devil had not tempted Adam yet. So marriage is the oldest institution, if you like. And it is deeply in the plans of the Almighty God. And God hallows that God wants us to live in this institution. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame and let's listen to Jesus in Matthew chapter 19 I'll start from verse 3 Matthew 19 from verse 3 some Pharisees came to him to test him they asked is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason. Having you read, he replied, that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female, and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother, and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Look at Jesus quoting right from the beginning, from Genesis. Na say na Yesu buy won. Monken Kai say three fifty aseno the obo nipano or berimani or ba and or your won. And na o can say ye ain't it no nipa be janina na ni ne ja horn no dinhua ko fam nier horn na won ben you no a beyonam crow. Now you see, so Jesus is quoting from Genesis. In the beginning, it was not so. The Creator made them male and female. That, that is why a man will live and be united to the wife. So we are saying that Adam married. Cain married. So Seth married. Enoch. Enos. Enos. Nowhere. No Noah worry. Unless you don't want to marry. <laughs> Otherwise, it is for you. Shall we bat our heads now? I want to pray for those who are not married. And they desire to marry. <laughs> that God will grant them grace. Give us thy grace, Lord. I am
0: Give us thy, thy grace, grace O oh Lord, thy, thy grace we Father and our God, we stand on the basis of the word that your servant has released. And we pray for all those who are in need of marriage. From the north to the south, the east to the west, unto the entire globe, we speak favor upon their lives, that you open the heavens, anything that is covering them. And that is preventing them from meeting their partners. May it be broken, O oh Lord. And may you who have sanctioned that it is no good for man to live alone. May your word speak for them. And may doors be opened unto them. And may they also find their suitable partners. We declare it done. Even in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen.
1: Let me say that if you don't want to marry... Don't force yourself into it. Some are not just made to marry. And then sometimes, circumstances also have not allowed others to marry. Don't let any pressure force you into it. But if you are praying and yearning for it, believe the prayer that you have praying. So if you are saying that marriage predates Christianity, then it stands to reason that one does not necessarily need to be a Christian in order to have successful marriage. Then it stands to reason that one does not necessarily need to be a Christian in order to have a successful marriage. All married couples living by the rules of love and understanding can make successful or beautiful partners. However, in the case of Christians, um, our marriages become no ordinary union. It is a sign that speaks to the world. Now of the mystical union of Christ. Ah, the church And the church. An institution whose foundation is God Himself. Ephesians chapter 5. 31 32. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two become one flesh. So going back to the beginning. This is a profound mystery. But I'm talking about Christ and the church. So Marek speaks of the mystical union between Christ and his church. Therefore, for us Christians, our marital life... And family lives should not only be successful, but must speak of the goodness of God. Are we together? When two Christians walk to the altar, to be joined in holy matrimony. See, heaven rejoices because their union is strategic. Heaven rejoices. Their union is strategic. And God expects from them godliness and godly offspring. Just like the prophet Malachi wanted backsliding Israel to know. Uli for Malachi or Israel for now, when Israel returned from Ezra to their land, they have lost a lot of steam so far as their worship was concerned. But Malachi wanted to bring them back. To the covenant of worship. And all that they had to do for God. And I'm saying that. I mean, when say, Christians walk to the altar. To join in holy matrimony. Or when you marry at home. And your father or your pastor prays over it. It is married you don't need to veil before God will bless that marriage when two unbelievers even marry God is interested in their marriage because He instituted it before Christianity. So when there is a clerical pastor standing there, or no clerical pastor standing there, once it is marriage, God is interested in it. Uh, Maybe another time I will talk about this. When you don't have money, by God's grace, you perform the customary right. Even by law in our country, it is accepted. I Just find a pastor, let them pray, and then take your wife home. Mm-hmm. Maybe we are not teaching well. Maybe it is our fault. Otherwise, when you perform the customary right, it is accepted by law. Find any good pastor, let them pray over it. If you want an ordinance, then see what we can do. The law can permit us in many ways to give you even those certificates. So Maybe, please, when you don't have money, don't wait. Marry instead of burning. <laughs> And this is an answer open for food, and also, you'll be to me. I own cratana, Wawari, Mummy, and Fanoma Bibri, and Chichiria Mosa. It's good. I brought <laughs> food here. I brought <laughs> for my Okay, let's continue. So, Malachi chapter 2, from verse 13. You do for Malachi, Homano, Etimio, and you do me and Sano. Another thing you do. This is the prophet trying to bring the minds of the Israelites back to God and to true worship. You flood the Lost altar with tears. You weep and will, because He no longer pays attention to your offerings or accept them with pleasure from your hands. <speaking in Hebrew> You ask why? It is because the Lord is acting as the witness between you and the wife of your youth. I have not seen any record of the Israelites marrying and you needed to wait for the high priest to pray over it. But they were marrying. And once you have married, the Bible says that the Lord is acting as a witness. Yes. yes. Verse 15. Has not the Lord made them one, in flesh and spirit they are his. And why one? Because he was seeking godly offspring. So, guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. Now, we all need to be careful to marry our spouses well what I like in verse 15 is this, so guard yourself in your spirit. We need to hallow the marriage relationship. And therefore, we need to guard ourselves in our spirit. And do not break faith with the wife or the husband of your youth. The 16th says, I hate divorce. Says the Lord God of Israel. I hate it. Now, see Malachi's contemporaries were distressed because God refused to accept their offerings. as evident by his withheld blessing. And so Malachi, the prophet, explains that God was acting as a witness against husbands who were unfaithful to their wives. Now, what does this mean? That the relationship between husband and wife is more than a commitment between two people. Malachi is saying that marriage is a covenant. A three-way relationship in which the couple is accountable to God who acts as a witness. God who acts as a witness in the covenant. And this is for whosoever enters into the institution of marriage. See, covenant in the Old Testament entails four essential components. Okay number 1 especially in the instance of marriage it is a relationship with a non relative ah entem that involves obligations and it is established by oath or a sign. So the marital eh, covenant is a relationship <laughs> with a non-relative <laughs> that involves obligations. <laughs> and it is established by oath or vows or signs. am <laughs> anase and then please listen to this God has the spiritual dimension to the marital life so say God is the witness to the covenant if you allow him in into the marriage he is part of it he is the witness when you allow him into it he will bring transformation to the marriage. The power to transform the marriage is in his hands. Now from what we read in Malachi, we we also see that spousal fidelity is inextricably linked to spiritual well-being. Now spousal fidelity. is inexplicably linked to spiritual well-being. You watch marriages. Couples that click. You, you see that God prospers them. Marriage must be a good repair or else the couple's prayers will be hindered. Now, First Peter 3 from 1 to 7. Now, wives in the same way submit yourself to your own husband so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. The behavior of their wives. Now let's project the verse 2. And shall we read together? When they, now wait, wait. When they what? See the purity and reverence of your life. The, when the men or women see. Now verse 3, let's read verse 3. Together. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment. Such as elaborate hairstyle, man. <laughs> there are some women when you see them outside, See, hey, this is a beautiful woman, but the husband does not like her. <laughs> yeah. ah, so you mom, see her with elaborate hairstyle and some walks and some beautiful body, but the husband doesn't like that alobojata.. <laughs> 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 the husband is not fearing the hairstyle, the husband is fearing what, what has been dressed like that. That is what the husband fears. <laughs> <laughs> Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewels or fine clothes. Of course, he's not suggesting that go out naked, that is not. But it should be that of your inner self. That is what the man is actually worried about. The unfading beauty of a gentle, quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. This is the way they used to adorn themselves. Holy women and holy men used to clothe themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands and let me say to their own wives as well. Sarah <laughs> Like Sarah. I mean I don't think that anybody is that submissive than Sarah. For him, whatever the man will say, yes Mira. Did he say Senia Sarah Bren wan say and Na esumko I'm not saying that the women, they don't have a say. It is a union. And the two of you, we have to humble ourselves one to the other. It's not only the women who must submit. The men must also submit to good ideas coming from their wives. Very important. Number seven husbands in the same way be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers <laughs> now from Malachi we also see that though there is a generational blessing generational blessing is guaranteed if the entire household is brought into the union that is the man the wife God. And if you bring the children and the entire household into it, you are sure of generational blessings. Now God expressed Now God godliness and godly offsprings from the union of those of us who are born again. Ah so be free our realm Now this is exemplified in the life of one Jonathan Edwards He lived just for 55 years between 1703 and seventeen five eight. We you no know ewo papa be our friend Jonathan Edwards abara bom otenase afi apem a hanson enu meansa na otenase be yen firi sia aduonum meansa Jonathan Edwards sagwa one of the best Clergymen that the world has ever known. He and the wife Sarah bequeathed godly legacy to 11 children. 11 children and future descendants. It was example teaches us that living a godly legacy to our children should be our ultimate goal as Christian parents. See, at the turn of the 20th century, one educator and a pastor a-e-winship decided to trace the descendants of Jonathan Edwards almost 150 years after Edwards had died. His findings are astounding. Jonathan Edwards' legacy includes i want to list some of them now this is the descendants i just talk about the social ladder they climb after 150 years after the man had gone to be with the lord one of his descendants have become US vice president in or ha anya dunu achi apa ewu ye no na wanto atwaso ni mu no ni pa ba ababe america mampeni abidi a three US senators wo shimo na wo mu ebeye america oman no mrasebe jafuo three governors e mu basa ebeye amantam aso afuo 3 mayors. 13 college president like vices, vice chancellors. 13 emu judges Sixty-five professors. 65 professors ye say Eighty public office holders. Na Ebeye Hundred missionaries. Na Ebeye See, I'm not enthused about the high social ladder they, they climb. I'm saying they climb because. And we are just talking of one fifty years after his death. So by this time, the offsprings are still climbing, and so because of the foundation they stand on. The foundation they stand on. Next week. I will take time for us to look at the foundation Edwards and the wife built for their descendants to stand on. And then we will encourage ourselves to build strong Christian families. we will encourage ourselves to build strong Christian families. We will be possessing the nation. When we start possessing our homes, shall we just rise to our feet if you can? What did the Almighty tell you? Just close your eyes. Then go into the recesses of your heart. If you are married, is your marriage a witness? Of the goodness of God. If not, let us pray God into it. Let's ask God for wisdom to take practical steps to build strong marriages and beautiful families. To his own glory. He's expecting godliness, godliness and godly offsprings from you. So that our children will not be robbers, street children, not at all. Shall we pray?
0: Thanks for listening to today's word. Subscribe to our social media handles for life transforming messages.